0: You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hi, this is Bart Matlock. I'm here with Robert Lewis, and we want to welcome you to The Better Man Podcast. We want to talk a little bit about who we are and why we're here, and we're just really excited that you are going to join us kind of on a journey to understand Our masculinity and this world that we're in. And we want to do that in as healthy of a way possible. But uh, this is my co host, uh, Robert Lewis.
1: Mark, great to be with you. This is a new adventure for both of us. And I'm excited about taking this with you. I I think about the world in which we're living and where men are today. And uh, nothing could be better than talking about where men are, what men need. Uh, how men can better make the most of themselves. Uh, And that's what we're about. And uh, we wanna do that journey with the men listening to us and together.
0: We hope that you'll just kind of see our time together as kind of that little thing you can do maybe at lunch or uh, during a, a few minutes of your day, just escape and think a little bit more about what it means to be a man in today's society. But Robert, you've been on this journey for quite a long time and tell us how you got started. A lot of people consider you to be like the godfather of, <laughs> of the men's movement. Uh, you know, Tell us a little about how you got started in working with men and helping them deal with their masculinity.
1: Well, my adventure began in uh, the early 90s when a group of uh, men who were attending my church took me out to breakfast and basically said, Robert, could we do something special for the men of our church? Uh, like a lot of churches, uh, even today, Churches are organized around children, youth, women, worship, missions, those kind of things. But very rarely will you find a church with a robust men's ministry in it. And our church was exactly like that. We had a lot of great things going on, but not really anything specifically geared to men. So these men took me to breakfast and we talked and they said, could we get together and just talk about things we're facing? These were Most of us were young. We were... Uh, starting out new careers, young families, those kind of things, new stresses, and guys were just wanting to encourage one another, and so they asked me to do that. So that began my uh, uh, journey into this world of masculinity because they wanted me to speak specifically to men, and my first awareness was I didn't know anything about men. Uh, I'd never studied it. Um, I wasn't even sure how to define manhood. So um, that started a a time of uh, looking at what was out there, books, materials, uh, writings, those kind of things. And I found even in American society, there was very little out there. So that journey began about the time Promise Keepers actually was starting up in Colorado. Uh, So I began to meet with a small group of men and just talk about the subject. And uh, quite frankly, we spent most of that first year just wandering around, pooling our ignorance together. But the second year, uh, with those interactions and with listening to guys and listening to myself, what I didn't know, as well as things that were connecting with me as I'd talk with the guys, we began to uncover things that really did interest men about their relationship, about being a parent, uh, how to succeed uh, with the family and with with, uh, their wives, Uh, how to grow closer together and to be honest and speak, um, you know, in a much more vulnerable way about how they became who they became. And a lot of that led to their past and dad, which is a whole world I'd never, I'd kind of hidden from myself, but it was a whole world that just opened up all kinds of discussions. And so we began to probe that. And then that's what led to what ended up one of the greatest adventures of my life, and that is this uh, world of ministering to men that then became explosive in our church during the 90s and the early 2000s that uh, I took into actually some written material called Men's Fraternity. And that Men's Fraternity then was published and went around the United States and around the
0: world. Yeah, in fact, the the publisher of Men's Fraternity tells me that they they think there's somewhere around three million men that have gone through that, uh, just in the U.S. and you know worldwide mm-hmm. as well. I mean, crazy the amount of people that's impacted.
1: Amazing journey. I've been in all kinds of foreign countries: China, Australia, Spain, uh, El Salvador. I've just seen that men all have the same issues but no one is popping the top off their heart and peering in there and helping them understand what's really happening to them today and and helping them uh better articulate to themselves how they can be who I think they want to be but in today's world don't know how to be so everywhere that message has been spoken and I've had that privilege of doing that all over the world um it's resonated with men and men have come, Uh, not just church men, but uh, community men. And uh, in the last couple of years, I've created some new material that we've done out into the community. And that has had a uh, real responsiveness by the community um, of all types of men, young and old. And we've done it uh, a number of times. And now we're feeling like, you know, this is something, this information especially in light of where the culture is today, with the breakdown of masculinity to the place that we call it toxic, this needs to be heard. And uh, that's what has brought us here today, you and me, Mark, to talk about how to unleash within our churches and in our community, uh, our communities, a better manhood.
0: Yeah, I, I know for me, I was involved in youth ministry for 25 years working with uh teenagers from middle school all the way through uh, high school helping them just apply the bible to their life and one of the ways that i first came in contact with your material was you wrote a book called raising a modern day knight which was about uh, rites of passage for young men that are kind of missing in our in our culture and our church traditions as well and i know for me that was incredibly powerful because my son was going into that period of time in life. And that helped me think through what are the the things that I'm trying to instill in my son? I think that was the first time that I ever thought about masculinity, you know, in, in, in terms of how confused I was about it. And I think for me, I grew up not being the athlete, being a little bit more interested in the arts. I was smaller in my class, so I was always picked last. Uh, that's a, a common theme in my life, um, which led me into some other pursuits. But I never saw those things as being part of my masculinity until I got older and understood more about that. And I think there are probably some men listening, you know, that are that are wrestling through that as well, and and through this new project that you put together. That's how you and I got re, uh, got connected was this Better Man project. Um, tell everybody a little bit about Better Man and how that all came to be and you know what it is that we're trying to do for those that might be interested in that.
1: Well, a couple of years ago, I had uh, a number of friends who once again came to me and said, could we do something again for the men of our community? And so uh, I got those men together. Uh, most of them were, I'd say, 40 and up. And uh, we discussed a way to reach the younger men of our city. And uh, I told them that I would take the uh, step of putting together some material that would teach what I really believe is timeless masculinity, but it would be very basic. And uh, I would do that if they would join me by inviting younger men under 40 to join them at tables to discuss this material over 10 weeks. And it was, in a sense, just a... A wild leap of faith, we decided we didn't want to do it at a church. We'd do it in the community, so we selected a hotel, uh, got 50 guys who served as table leaders, and they invited uh, another 200 to 250 young men to join them, and we took that adventure together. Um, With no expectation of how it would turn out other than we wanted to invest in the next generation to help them have a clearer picture of what it meant to be a man. And uh, those 10 weeks turned out to be uh, explosive, uh, impactful. The younger men really responded. They they wanted to do it again. And uh, so the next year, we did it again for about 600 guys, again packed it out. And that began to, I think, stir an interest that We were on to something with older men investing in younger men around basic masculine concepts that have seemed to be lost today. Uh, Most young men are just kind of thinking that manhood should just happen. But really what's happening is they're stumbling into a deeper and deeper fog where they're guessing at life, and they're not happy with that. And the people around them often aren't happy with it because more often than not, they don't guess right, they guess wrong, and then they have to clean that up. So we wanted to help eliminate a lot of those obstacles, make a a greater clarity, bring a greater clarity to masculinity, and help these young men uh, find that way, interacting with older men along the way. And uh, we did that, and then uh, out of that, some other men heard about it and asked us if we would think about putting that together to offer that in a broader context, even a national context. And uh, they were willing to get behind us to do that, so we joined together, and that's when you got invited onto the team to be a part of that. And so here we are today uh, launching, at least publicly for the first time, this idea of Better Man, which is what uh, our organization is now named. Better Man to help men move, not to be perfect men, not to be the best man, But we all are broken and needing help, and we want to encourage men to upgrade their manhood by building into one another's lives using this basic, timeless, biblical, masculine information.
0: Well, I got real excited when I got invited to participate in the launch of Better Man to be honest, at first I was kind of like, "Yeah, do I really want to be involved in a men's movement right now? And is that really the thing? And especially because I had often always, you know, defined manhood in, in these very kind of macho athletic kind of terms. And when I sat down with you and we talked about some of the things that we talk about in future weeks, you know, what what is a real definition of manhood? What does that really look like? I was just like, wow, this is what our world needs today. Mm-hmm. Uh, how could I not be a part of helping this thing take off? And then watching the pilot programs that we've run since then and the way that men have um, really responded to those has been really, really wonderful. So let's talk about wh- why Why do you think this is so important and needed today? What's going on out there in the culture that you're seeing, Robert? I mean, you started this... Thirty year, Some years ago, this journey of kind of stumbling around trying to figure out what you were doing to getting clarity, to even getting more clarity now at this stage of life and reviewing everything that's happened. What's going on right now that makes this such a, a an important topic?
1: Yeah, I think first of all, it's just important for our listeners to hear that um, manhood is something that is made. It doesn't just happen. Uh, somebody has to impart to you the the concepts of enduring timeless masculinity and if somebody doesn't do that for you they don't just happen what happens is is you move into a thick fog of guesswork that becomes incredibly frustrating to a young man who enters that world and will stay that way the rest of his life unless somebody helps him out of that fog. That's what I discovered for my own life years ago when those men first came to me and said, help us with uh, being a, a, a man, help us with our relationships. And no one had ever asked me that. And when I started thinking what I would say, I didn't really have anything to say. I realized I was in a fog at the time. And so I think, One of the things that is most important today is that um, we need, first of all, to help men uh, take the pressure off themselves by saying, you're not supposed to know what it means to be a man. Hmm. Somebody has to help you with that or give you that. That needs to be imparted to you because manhood doesn't just happen. Manhood is something that is made, that you're called to, and if somebody doesn't call you to it and give you that information, you're going to stay lost. And for a lot of young men, just hearing that, it's kind of like it brings a little bit of relief because they're think- they're thinking, I'm supposed to know. And what I'd want everybody to hear me say is, no, you're not. You're not supposed to know. You are supposed to find out. The question is, where do you go to find out? And that's what this whole Better Man adventure is about, is helping Young men, or any man really, find out where that information is and then go and learn about it and then be able to practice that. And I think what you were talking about, um, you know, hearing uh, me talk about what it means to be a man, I think if you ask most men anywhere in the world what it means to be a man, they're not going to be able to tell you. Not in in a way that gives them any motivation, even for themselves. They'll speak in terms of the culture, which is more toxic than authentic. But knowing what a real man is, is something that had to be imparted. And it's interesting, if you look down through history, most nations or civilizations had a way of indoctrinating their young men into manhood. Uh, Most primitive countries uh, or cultures even today have manhood rituals or manhood ceremonies. If you go back and look in uh, our past, all the way back to Europe, they had very elaborate manhood inductions and ceremonies. A lot of our fraternities on college campuses originated out of some of those things to bring up a younger generation into a clear understanding of what it means to be a man. Unfortunately, since the 20th century, that background that backdrop that imparting of wisdom especially masculine wisdom has faded away and now we're living in the 21st century with all our technology with all our information age orientation and yet this language of manhood this definition the this dictionary of masculinity a definition of what it means to be a man that that is clear and can be articulated and and is motivating that has been lost, and what we have now is kind of a a wasteland out there, where we're raising up young men and launching them to a highly sophisticated culture with no masculine compass, where they have to guess their way through life, or they have to embrace what I call cheap, stunted images of masculinity that the culture, at least in the the different uh, 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 social mediums, produce that usually are uh, uh, dead-end oriented masculinity that just brings more problems than it does solutions. That's what they're left with. And uh, you would hope that the family could have corrected that, but we have the breakdown of the family. Most young men, almost half of young men growing up today, don't even have dad at home. And those that do, a lot of times the dad is more Um, voiceless. He doesn't know how to communicate anything that's clear about being a man. He'll attend their sporting events. He'll yell at him on the field, be a man, but he can't actually off the field tell his son what that means. That's where we are today. And so young men go into adulthood, maybe educationally rich, but in terms of masculine orientation, actually in poverty. And what that produces is a lot of pain, problems, and messes. And that's where we are today.
0: And I think there are a lot of women that would agree with that. And there are a lot of (laughs) women that would also almost be frightened by the fact that we're wanting to take on this issue of masculinity um, because there's so much toxicity that's... uh, connected. Robert, how would you kind of define toxic masculinity what would what would be some of the components that lead to that kind of toxicity
1: yeah well toxic masculinity uh, begins at home and that's why I mentioned the breakdown of the home and 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 even more specifically it it uh, is rooted the first root of toxic masculinity is the absence of dad either physically or emotionally uh, what dad needed to give a son during those uh, uh, young years is he needed to give his son two things, emotionally, emotional stability uh, by speaking into his life words of affirmation, love, and blessing, and he needed, and he needed directional stability where dad was able to articulate uh, convictions about uh, what he believed and why he believed it, and also to impart certain basic skills of life. Uh, that's what should have taken place in the early years of growing up under dad's shadow, uh, where what he, he gets out of that his, is his life gets weighted, stabilized, where he can't be knocked over easily when he moves out into adulthood. But instead, with 42% of all young men today growing up without a dad and probably another 30 to 40% growing up with dad at home but basically invisible, what he gets leaving home is instability, weightlessness. Uh, he, he, he goes out in a life not clear about what he believes, uh, not having basic life skills of, of uh, how to take care of himself, how to deal with a woman, how to handle money, even think about what kind of career he's good at because dad's not told him what he's good at. He just goes out kind of a blank slate left to guess at masculinity and thinking that's the way it works. You become a man when you guess right. You just kind of naturally grow up into it. And all of that, the loss of dad, the loss of direction, the loss of emotional blessing at home, and then going into a culture that more and more is crass and crude and keeps wanting people to live noble while everything that they see on TV or here in music, or see in dress, in our culture, is everything but noble. It's more crass. Then that young man ends up totally confused. That's where he is. He's confused, and he doesn't know what he's to be. He doesn't know as sex roles merge today with women and we're supposed to be equal And he's supposed to know how to conduct himself with a woman when no one's ever told him how to do that. And he's got all these hormones raging. He's just a ticking time bomb of toxic masculinity. And that's where we are today. And the question is, who's going to rescue the millions of clueless young men out there who want... Listen, here's the thing I know. They want to be better men. It's not because there's not a desire to be somebody who can be confident and clear and make a difference and bring life to people. Most young men, if you set them down, they'd want to be that. They just don't know how to get there, and nothing around them is coaching them in that direction.
0: Well, I hope you are as excited about solving this problem uh, as we are about talking about it. And over the next several weeks, we want to talk about things like some of the lies that we believe as men that keep us from living into a better masculinity. We wanna take a look at how we can be better husbands and fathers, um, how we can uh, be better men to the women in our world, how we can do our work with excellence. So many different subjects and topics that we wanna kind of unpack. We hope you'll go on the journey. And if if your man says, you know, I wanna invest in in other men, I wanna make a difference in their life. Uh, we want to help equip you and empower you to be a multiplier in spreading, you know, the, this idea of, of a better masculinity um, in our culture and in our world. Uh, if you go to our website, betterman.com, you can sign up to get information about our ten-week program that uh, is a live program that we are inviting churches and organizations to host around the country. In 2020, we've got pilots that are running right now. You can find out more about those, but we'd love to have you come in and host that as an organization or a church, uh, be a, a, a table leader around the table. Everything's free, we're giving it all away. Uh, we just want to uh, engage you in, in a part of this solution. So we're excited, Robert. Thanks for being here. Well, I'm
1: excited too, Mark. Great to be with you.
0: We got a lot of weeks ahead of us (laughs) and a lot of stuff to unpack, and I can't wait to get started. So thank you. Hey, this is Mark Matlock with the Better Man Podcast. I just want to remind you to leave a review and subscribe to the Better Man Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. If you're a church or organization leader interested in bringing a Better Man 10-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for information.